This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Matt, what are the challenges this week of potentially playing without Tevin and Cody? Yeah, that's obviously when you have potentially, you know, losing two starters in the inside of your line, that's a big thing, you know, and that's something that we've you know, obviously looked at all week, you know, Schofield will be in there, you know, if one of them can't go. And then if, if the second guy can't go, we'll see what happens. But, you know, Larry Borm's been working in there a, a little bit, which has been good. I think he's done some good things. And again, those guys have always prepared, you know, in different spots, you know, and you got to have a pair and a spare. You always got to do that. And the guys are excited about that. And obviously Chris Morgan's done a good job all year with different lineup changes and Austin King as well. Welcome back to the Bears pregame show presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. I'm David Haw, along with Patrick Manley and Anthony Heron, going up until kickoff at Soldier Field. That was Matt Eberflus talking about his offensive line, which will be reworked and reconfigured again. If you're on your way to the game, drive safely, dress warmly, and all that. Be prepared for a day unlike any other you have probably been to at Soldier Field in recent memory or forever. Guys, we're going to get into a conversation about the offensive line, but I got, in the interest of accuracy here, I, I want to clarify something that Mark Grody said. Okay, he, just so people are wondering, we've had a couple texts. I have had a couple, a couple texts myself. He's not wearing a Greek dessert on his face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad somebody brought it up. There's, there's a difference between a balaclava. Oh, bal- there you go. There you go. We, call, we always call it a baklava because we couldn't say the other word. Okay, we just, yeah. so one is a Greek dessert. And the other is something that is a face covering, which Mark Grody, I think, is wearing. I don't know that because he does like his he does have a sweet tooth. We know that about Grody. But he is wearing a balaclava, not the Greek dessert, with it, which is a baklava. So I just needed to clear that up for anybody out there who might have been wondering, summer, what is he talking about? A, try all of column B. That's my, whenever I hear baklava, that's what I associate it with. I associate it with Robin Williams singing, you ain't never had a friend like me. In the Aladdin cartoon. And the way we can't keep sang, singing. We, we've already had requests for you singing Christmas carols. Maybe by the end of the show, we'll get you there. Maybe you'll have hey, a couple more zing-zangs, and we'll be able to. Uh, word, man. It is the holiday down. season. It's never too early. <laughs> back to the football game. Back to the Bears. Grody did have a report. or is, uh, You know, Cole Komet is somebody that you can justify having that conversation about, is he worth keeping? I think he is. Yes. I think he represents everything you want in a Chicago Bear. Patrick, you could speak to that better than I could. But I believe that when you look at that offensive line, and this is where we want to go with this, you know they're going to be without 
Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins, two guys who may or may not be part of their future. Larry Borum is going to be a guy they could plug in today. He may or may not be part of their future. Michael Schofield, same is true. Big Ant, let's start with you. When you look at this Bears offensive line, what it's been able to do and their ability to run the ball, pretty good. But I just don't know. When you look at the piece-by-piece collection of, of this offensive line, do how many pieces do you see worth keeping? We've got to be able to view this offensive line through the lens of the offensive system that they're in. And I don't, I don't know that – I suppose maybe Tevin Jenkins. He's maybe the, the one guy up front that you say just as an individual talent for his position, you say, all right, that, that's maybe somebody who could, who could end up you know, developing into a player amongst the best at their position perhaps. He's, he's got those kinds of physical skills. We'll see what the offseason ends up bringing for Braxton Jones. I am very impressed with him as an athlete, and I've, I've seen his, you know, his work as a technician improve throughout the year as well. But the offensive system that they're playing in will end up enhancing the – the way that, you know, at, at stretches we've seen this season, that they're not necessarily asked to, to be dominant as individual talents. I think back to facing the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was, was just kind of running the entire league for a stretch of time there. And Peyton Manning isn't near the athlete that, that a lot of the modern quarterbacks are, of course, with his mobility, but the Colts would constantly vary tempos. They would constantly move the launch point. Think of all the highlights from earlier in Peyton Manning's career of play action and bootleg and sprint action, and they would run the ball. You know, As all these passing numbers Peyton Manning put up, he always had a great running back that was paired with him as well, and so the offense would constantly keep the opponent off balance. That's what the current system that Luke Getzey is calling that he brought from Green Bay and that we've seen from the Shanahan tree and everything else, that's what the best offenses, offenses in football have the capability of doing, and Peyton Manning had very few. Like Jeff Saturday was a, a really good and, and made several Pro Bowls and everything, but just as an individual talent, Jeff Saturday wasn't like the most gifted center in football, but he was exceptional within that system that the Colts ran. And I think the Bears, you can – I don't think the – you don't need five new offensive linemen to feel like you can field a, a competitive offense, a high-level offense because of the system. This system is a part of what revitalized the career of Aaron Rodgers that seemed to be tapering off a bit. And then Matt LaFleur brings this system to Green Bay, and there's a more, more of a focus on running. You figure things out with how you're keeping the defense off balance in the variety of ways I, I described there. And then Aaron Rodgers was able to win back-to-back NFL MVP. So I, I do think that the O-line, Braxton Jones, I'm very impressed with. Tevin Jenkins, impressed with. I'd say beyond that, it, it can be a bit of a toss-up, but it won't surprise me one bit if there are several guys on the current offensive line that are still here next season because so many positions – on this squad could stand to get more depth and to be upgraded in starters. So I'm not under the impression that the, that the majority of the group is, is going to be revamped, Pat. Yeah, we'll start with this. I just wrote down the names, Braxton Jones, Sam Musfer, Larry Borum. Are they worth keeping? Yes. But to me, they're backups. You keep them as backups. If you can have them as your backup, then that means you've totally upgraded your offensive line. Tevin Jenkins is another story. I've got a little bit of issue with him. O-linemen don't miss plays. They're allowed to miss games for injuries. They don't miss plays. He's missed a lot of plays. He's coming and going in and out. Um, I, I just I don't like that. I don't like seeing what he's been doing this year in that regard. Last week was scary. Hopefully it was just a stinger and you know you took the precautions to do what you did with the neck injury. But some other times he's been going in and out, and I'm just not sure about him and his durability. His play when he's out there, I think he's excellent. He's great in the run game. I love his tenacity and all that. He's gotten better in the pass blocking. 
So he is a building block you can build on, but can you trust him to be there for 17 games for every play of the game? Maybe look like you have something to say. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think because you, when you look at Braxton Jones as a backup, I wonder about this, Pat, because we talk all the time about quarterbacks on their rookie contract and how you can take advantage sure. of that by building around and, and affording you know, the, the pricey wide receiver or whatever the case may be. Left tackles on the rookie contract is also something that could be a luxury that you want to take advantage of. So I wonder if you can live with Braxton Jones moving forward, penciling him sure. in 2023 and beyond, much like you did with Chuck Leno, a revelation mm-hmm. late in the draft for that you have as a starter for years to come and save yourself some money because you could very easily, if you scope shopping for left tackles, you're going to have to reach deep into your pockets, and I just don't know if that's a luxury they can afford this offseason. No, that, that makes complete sense. Okay, so maybe you – I'm just saying I'm kind of being greedy as a GM or a talent evaluator that – to me, right now, they are backups in the NFL if you want to have an elite offensive line. So that makes complete sense. Maybe you go somewhere else and you get a guard, you get a center. Like the Bills got Mitch Morris from, from the Chiefs. Put him in there. Now he's a pro bowler this year. Maybe you find a guy like that for a different position. That, that, that could make sense as well. But I'm just kind of evaluating it as, are there better players out there? Can you upgrade this O-line all the way across the board? Sure, but that's a great point about Braxton Jones. Can he get stronger this summer and come back and be able to take on the bull rush? He has had a pretty darn good rookie year for being drafted as a fifth-round draft pick. So, I, you know, there, there's a lot of movement, I think, that can be done with this offensive line. Began, I want to know, what do you think of Tevin Jenkins if you are watching him and evaluating him on tape? Because I think what Pat alludes to is a fair, I didn't want to say criticism, but observation. He is somebody mm-hmm. whose availability is, is in question because he's not as available as often as you might like or want. I don't know what goes on in the meeting rooms. I don't know what kind of guy he is to coach, but when you evaluate him on tape, do you have more positive reaction than negative? Do you think he's a guy that you could envision having a successful career in Chicago? Because he's still extremely young, I have more of a positive than a negative reaction. I mean, the physical tools are are no doubt there, and we've seen a lot of productivity this season as a blocker also. But, you know, Patrick's point is a really, really important one because you – you're seeing a guy who is young, who is early in his career, who is already having surgeries and is already missing a lot of action both in season and during the off season, And so that, that's a definite cause for concern. Now, right now, he's still on his rookie deal. The Bears still have his rights. So you're good. Like, you don't necessarily have to evaluate a, a you know, does he stay or should he go situation with Tevin Jenkins yet. You've got a couple of years before you truly need to figure that out. But one of his goals needs to be, of course, to figure out how do I stay on the field? It is, you know, it, it, whatever it may be, you know, obviously, you know, joints, ligaments, tendons, those things can just be really difficult. But if part of the issue, and I have no idea, but, you know, you, you look at that, that cervical spine kind of area, he's had a back surgery. Now he's got the what may be a stinger, whatever the neck trauma is that we saw him, you know, in, in a very freakish, freakish and scary way, suffer through last weekend on the field and get carted off. That's all a part of the cervical spine. And so if, you know, if their doctors feel like over the next couple of seasons that that's sustainable and he's able to stay on the field, the Bears should be in really good shape having Tevin Jenkins on their offensive line. But the physical end of it, the health aspect of it, especially when you're talking about issues that continue to creep in with his spine, then that's something they're going to have to look at really closely. Pat, when I look at both offensive lines today, I see – kind of a microcosm of last year's offseason plan for the Bears and their offensive line. And frankly, it makes me have 
maybe limited confidence moving forward, or at least it questions do how much I want to believe in Ryan Poles' plan. Because you see with number 71 for the Bills is Ryan Bates. He's mm-hmm. the guy that was part of plan A for the Bears. They were not able to make him an offer that he couldn't refuse. The Bills matched it. He stayed in Buffalo. I understand why. Maybe that's not fair to hold that against Ryan Poles. I'm not necessarily but it shows you how plans can go awry. Then you look at the Bears' offensive line. Riley Reef is here accidentally. (laughs) He's not here because this was plan A, B, or C. I think that he showed up two days before training camp as a last resort. Now, he is somebody who has been serviceable, like you might expect out of a veteran. But, Pat, when I look at this plan for the offseason and everything that you've identified and Big Ant Ant has said, you know, the, the, the talent, the skill, the scheme, all those things that factor in, I want to have faith in the front office to be able to make the right type of decisions. And I look at two guys today on the field that make me question that just a little bit moving forward. Is that fair or not? Yeah. Um, I, I just, it's, it's a, it, to me, it's a big priority. They've, they've got to take care of it because you've got to protect Justin Fields. So I, I just, you've got two guys that are former alignment, right? Cunningham and Poles. So hopefully they know how to evaluate them and get the right guys out there, but you never know. Um, but I hope they do. To me, that's one of the biggest priorities. You know, do you want a receiver? Do you want to build up the O line? I want to protect Justin Fields. You look at the way the Eagles have done it. Obviously, they have built some, or got AJ Brown late, but they have an O line that has been sustainable for for years and protect Jalen Hurts. Same thing with Josh Allen right now. I think they're uh, it's only seventh in the league in sacks with thirty. The Bears are forty have given up forty eight sacks, fourth to last. I just think it's very important to take care of that O line, and I hope Poles and them can do that. A Riley the Reef, a guy like that you're talking about, you're going to have to fill in holes every year during the, during the offseason with guys like that. And when I think of Riley Reef and, and then getting lucky or not lucky or evaluating the right talent, I go back to Roberto Garza. You're going to have to find guys like that. Roberto Garza was supposed to go to, to Baltimore. He didn't have an ACL, so they let him go. We take a flyer on him, and he's here for, what, 10 years, 12 years, or whatever it was, and, and filled that left guard position and center position for a long, long – or right guard and center position for a long, long time – um, so you're going to have to find players like that, and I hope Poles can do that. And I hope – let's go back to Tevin Jenkins. Hopefully he's learning how to play injured. You, some, some of these NFL guys, you, ha- you have to learn how to do that. I mean, it's, you, you, you might get ding, dinged up, nick, nicked up during a game, and you just you mentally say, all right, I'll deal with that Monday. <laughs> I'm not dealing with it today. I'll deal with it Monday. I'll deal with it through the week. And hopefully he can learn to do that because some guys can, some guys, some guys can't. And you look, you know, conversely, out, out to the left tackle to a, a rookie fifth-round pick. And I don't know that Braxton Jones has missed a snap the entire season. So there, there are, you know, when, when you're, again, I'll go back to the term grading things on a curve. Because right now, so much of the roster is young, inexperienced, developmental. And Braxton Jones is a guy that you find, you find a guy with those traits in the fifth round, get him in your offensive system. And that, that's a part of where they look at him and say, he suits what we want to do. And then, to me, rather shockingly, they immediately thrust him into the starting lineup at left tackle during the offseason. They don't even just wait till the preseason games and say, all right, we're, we're going to let him prove it you know, when the real quote-unquote bullets are flying. They said, man, we're so impressed with this dude, both the tangibles on the field and the intangibles he shows every day. He's in the starting lineup, and now here we are, whatever the, what, what is this, week 14 or 15 or something like that? And he's been your day in, day out, game in, game out, started throughout the season and gotten better throughout the years. So I think the, you know, the Braxton Jones evaluation and, again, grading him on a curve for what we may anticipate his development arc, getting a full offseason in the National Football League, bulking up. I've already seen him improving in various aspects of his game, even in play during the season here. And I think that 
that that's an impressive evaluation. If to your point, David, if they get a, a you know a guy who can stay on a rookie deal and be your starter at left tackle for seasons to come here, and it's different. Like even whatever his second deal may be will be different than if he was actually a high draft pick. Even if he's performing better than most of the high draft picks, which according to Pro Football Focus, which you can take that with a bit of a grain of salt sometimes, but. PFF seems to think he's the best rookie tackle in football, according to their grading system. So I think there's something to be said for that, just with their evaluation of, of him and, the, and as productive as he's been able to turn into and just the, by comparison to Tevin Jenkins, his availability and being able to hold it down at left tackle throughout the year. Great point. No, none yeah. of the tackles will have to worry about blocking Von Miller today because of injury, but that Bills defensive line is what you expect it to be. They have terrific linebackers. They've got guys who will come at them in the, in the 4-3 scheme as run by Leslie Frazier, who is getting mentioned again already as a head coaching candidate. You wonder if he will get a job in this cycle. But when you look at that Bills defense, uh, front seven or back four, Pat, what scares you the most, and how do you think they will approach – uh, the challenge of stopping Justin Fields. Well, the one one player, and then he showed up on the injury report this week, is Ed Oliver being the three technique mm. going against Borum and Schofield as the backups. Borum coming from right tackle playing left guard. I looked back, I think Larry Borum played a little bit, eight games of left guard in college, so he has a little bit of familiarity but hadn't been in that stance in a while. So that's, that's one concerning to me because I just look at matchups of strength versus weakness, and to me that's a weakness with his Bear, Bears O-line. Um, but this Bills defense, to me, they're just – you know, Leslie Frazier, cover two, kind of, they're just a solid defense. When you watch the tape, nothing really jumps out at you. They don't have it. Well, Von Miller's gone, but they don't have anybody else that's just going to take over the game and the passing game as far as pass rush. Very solid linebackers and, and Milano and, um, and uh, Tremaine Edmonds. But Ed Oliver's the one to me. If he plays today and is healthy and his calf is healthy, that's the one I think can wreak havoc on this Bears O line. That's the good thing because they've begun to, to get a little bit banged up on that defensive front. Then. You know, from a Bears perspective, hopefully that should end up being a good thing for them, that you're not getting you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line just with all the, the health and ferocity Hassan and Riddick. skill. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> oh, another dude <laughs> who's not even oh, starting man. that's a double-digit yeah. sack artist <laughs> for the Eagles. You're not getting that, but you are getting a capable defensive front that Buffalo's going to be able to throw at you here with playmakers. You know, and, and Shaq Lawson's got some pass rush mm-hmm. skill to him, even though it shows up inconsistently and frequently sometimes. But they've, they've got skilled guys on the defensive front, but they are beat up. I think A.J. Epinesa is, is maybe out for them as well. So you do have a, a talented D-line that's got some key pieces that are missing in Buffalo. So, I mean, from that perspective, there may not be a better time for the Bears to try and catch Buffalo's front, you know, front four, front seven than what they're going to get today. We'll find out more about the Bills' defense, the Bills' offense, everything about Buffalo with Steve Tasker when we come back on the Bears' pregame show presented by Bet Rivers. David Haw, Patrick Manley, Anthony Heron right here at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It means a lot, of course. You know, I told you guys this earlier in the week. Couldn't be here without God. Couldn't be here without my, you know, teammates and coaches. So, you know, them pushing me every day, um, my teammates, you know, pushing me every day at practice and us just pushing each other. And, of course, you know, them blocking for me on the field and, you know, blocking downfield. I, I couldn't be be here without them so of course it's a great honor but I mean you know it's 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 really because of those guys welcome back to the Bears pregame show presented by Bet Rivers official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears download the Bet Rivers app today David Haw Patrick Manley Anthony Heron he'll here until kickoff at noon on the lakefront frigid conditions out at Soldier Field today Bears and Bills 3 and 11 versus 11 and 3 the Bills can clinch the AFC East today with a victory. We will talk to Steve Tasker at 1040 in our next segment, guys. But we heard from Justin Fields there talking about leaning into and embracing what's ahead for him if he can get 207 more rushing yards in the final three games that will make him the quarterback who had more rushing yards than any other quarterback in NFL history. That's a big deal. I love the fact that he has leaned into that. I love the fact that he's accomplished that and all that comes with that. I want to ask you this. He was not a quarterback that was notified this week that he made the Pro Bowl. In some circles, that was viewed as a snub. I don't think that it was. I think you look at the overall package. Sure, he's had a season that you can talk about the emergence of Justin Fields, but I just don't know that he got snubbed. What about you guys? What did you think when you saw the Pro Bowl selections and you saw Geno Smith, you saw Kirk Cousins, and you did not see the name Justin Fields for the Pro Bowl list, what did you think it began? Uh, I thought those guys earned it. You know, I mean, if if Justin Fields were in there in, instead of Geno Smith, I would think it was partly about popularity and, and highlights more so than just kind of the consistent week-in, week-out performance. I mean, you know, Justin Fields, certainly if he made the Pro Bowl, he's put a season together and been able to, to carry a Bears offense over the last couple of months here and at least make them formidable, making an offense that puts points on the board. So there's no doubting what we've watched from Justin Fields as exceptional. But, you know, the, the question isn't only, you know, is he has he had a season worthy of the Pro Bowl? But, okay, if he has, then they only select three quarterbacks from the NFC. So who do you remove from there? And I don't look at the seasons that, you know, to me, Jalen Hurts is, is an obvious one. And then yep. you compare Geno Smith or Kirk Cousins. I think both of them is, have had Pro Bowl caliber seasons, and Geno Smith has had this you know career revitalization in Seattle with the Seahawks and what he's been able to do. A little inconsistent, more so lately here, but I don't have an issue with either Geno Smith or Kirk Cousins making the Pro Bowl over Justin Fields. You know, I think Jalen Hurts was without question the yeah. guy that you didn't doubt at all. But Pat, I think the other two, there had been some conversation only because I think when Justin Fields 
has had those kind of games, they've been a little bit louder just because the nature of the plays and the explosiveness that he provides. No, I mean, he's, he's a highlight reel. He's must-see TV for sure. But, you know, you look at the quarterbacks that didn't make it. You know, you're always thinking Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right, in the <laughs> NFC. But you look at their numbers, and I've got it here. They're, they're still high. Their numbers passing yards for Tom Brady is third in the NFL. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, still in having a pretty darn good year. But they're down for them. But they're just as good maybe, you know, if not better than some other quarterbacks that, well, maybe not on this list. Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins are having great, great seasons. But – all right, are they having a better year than Justin Fields as in the pure quarterback position? Numbers-wise, I think they are. But as far as what he's done for the team, you know, Justin Fields has done great things. He's a human highlight reel, all that kind of stuff. But I do like Hurts, Smith, and Cousins being in there, and I like the fact that Rodgers and Brady did not make it just because of who they are. But I want to give you another name that could maybe potentially be in there would be Jared Goff. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's one. Could you? He's right. six and one in the last seven games, right? And I just pulled up his numbers. I didn't realize how good they are, and they are that good because they're six and one. Like he's he's having a darn good year. Um, so to put Fields in there right now, no. But I think it's great that he's talking about it and wants to be in there and expects to be in there. And maybe that's somebody that that is every year you're looking on the Pro Bowl roster, and it's the Bears quarterback, which would be mm-hmm. amazing. And I, hopefully that happens. But right now, no, I don't think he deserves to be in well, the Pro Jared- Bowl. Jared Goff's not supposed to be this good. No. The Lions are supposed to pivot away from Jared Goff, and the thought began that they might not have to go into this draft needing or taking a quarterback. You want as many teams fixated on the quarterback position as possible, but if the Lions convince themselves that is not necessary, that creates a bigger problem in Detroit, a team that's already on the rise. And you look at the, the division, and you know right now, which – which team is more likely to make the playoffs, the Packers or the Lions? I think most people would say the Lions. I a few weeks ago, uh, you know, our, our all of our mutual friend Luke Canellis, uh, I do a Sports Zone on Sunday nights with him for Fox Thirty Two, and he asked me a few weeks back if the Bears were going to win another game this season. I said, I think they'll win at least one. I think they'll beat Detroit. You know, they almost got the Lions the last time around. And, you know, the, the, Ryan's, the Lions roster isn't necessarily that much more gifted than the Bears. And I just say, yeah, I think, I think, I think they'll get Detroit. Man, the, the Lions are just they're, – they're a different team now than they were earlier in the season. And Jared Goff has had stretches like this in his career before. You know, he, he's not – He's not devoid of talent at all. He was the number one overall pick for a reason, but he's not the most gifted quarterback in the league. But he can when he's in a comfortable system where it's not all on him. He can throw the ball with accuracy. He can throw it with rhythm and timing. And when he's playing with confidence, he is a a guy who can start to carve you up. And we've seen that for a lot of stretches this season for Detroit, even though they've had some folks in and out of the lineup with his receivers and you know, credit to Dan Campbell, credit to the Lions in general for keeping that thing together because even some of those wins, you're looking at the, the Lions and the Vikings. They've had some wins this season. You're like, man, did, did, they, did they deserve that? <laughs> are they legitimately a good team? Or are they just a team who found a way to sort of, you know, stumble into a dub here at the end of things? But now when you're looking at the way both those teams are sort of, you know, progressing this season, maybe a division that earlier in the year we were kind of thinking, man, maybe Ryan Poles was right. This might be a division they can they can take the North, uh, to quote David's podcast, and never give it back. <laughs> but the Vikings and the Lions, they, they both seem like they could be in shape to be, you know, true competitors here, in addition to not forgetting about the Packers. But this division may not just be up for grabs like we thought it was. Look yep. into the future, Patrick. I think when you hear 
Justin Fields say he's sitting at 1,000 yards rushing. We think he will get the record. And he said, I think in reference to getting 1,000 yards, maybe he doesn't want to do this every season. Maybe this will be the only time in his career he has 1,000 rushing yards. What do you project, Patrick Manley, that Justin Fields will be a perennial 1,000-yard rusher, or would it be in the Bears' best interest for him not to be because that would mean they have other weapons and they are spreading the ball around more, more equitably as you would want an explosive offense to do? Yeah, I don't. I don't want him to be. You know, we talked about the comparison between Josh Allen and Justin Fields earlier. You look at Josh Allen's rushing numbers; they're around 700, 600 yards a season. That's what I would like to see. And you're right; that means he's progressed into a pocket passer, a guy that can use his arm as well as his legs. And I hope, I hope he's not a thousand yard guy every year. I just hope not. I want him to be a full, complete quarterback. I would like to see that. And then, as far as going for the rushing record this year, this is the time of year when you've got nothing to play for. Guys start talking about. What can we play for? What is there? What's the little carrot in front of us? Somebody might have a, you know, an individual honor that, or that they can get to get an extra bonus. And or you whatever. don't want that carrot to become vacation, right? No, everybody's starting to focus on that. No, you don't want to continue that. But when this happens, that is a carrot, and that's a great carrot for this offense to keep going to Hallis Hall and working their butt off and saying they played with a record-setting offense. That's something you can hang your hat on. You can look back at the end of your career and say, "Hey, we broke an NFL record because you know I played left guard. I was you know." Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown blocking so great on all these runs, but you were part of some NFL history, and that's kind of cool, and I hope they do get that. And But again, David, I hope he's not a 1,000-yard rusher every season. He's just – Justin Fields, just with his his demeanor, his sort of recognition of, of kind of where he is, where his feet are at the moment, but then also knowing what he wants to develop into, and that that's kind of – that's been there every step of the way. Even think back to earlier in the season when, you know, I, I was – I remember I, you know, debating semantics with Dan and Lawrence at one point early in the year just about the, the semantics of what was a fair question about the Bears passing offense struggling, but then Justin Fields kind of you know, not wanting to sort of cop to the notion that the, that the passing game, quote-unquote, wasn't working because the statistics aren't what tell the whole story. The Bears are still the last-ranked passing offense in the NFL. I believe it's still by a rather wide margin, but – I think we can all say that the offense as a whole and the passing game as a whole have grown despite the fact that the passing yards aren't much better now than they were earlier in the season. And I just love the, the fact that Justin Fields has been able to be not only self-aware but aware of the big picture of just kind of the growth of the offense that can take place regardless of whether passing yards are a part of that and then being willing to admit to you guys when you're there at Hallis Hall that, yeah, this is something I'm doing right now because it's what's necessary – but this isn't the guy I want to be throughout my entire career. It's not the guy he was in college. Well, he'll have to do it today without three more starters missing due to injury. The actives are out. Chase Claypool, Tevin Jenkins, and Cody Whitehair on the list. Now you add that to the mix. Darnell Mooney already out. Four starters, guys who are primary starters all season long. It's, it's the Justin Fields show at Soldier Field. That's the way the offense has evolved this season. Bears and Bills, noon on the lakefront we're going to talk next to our guy steve tasker who will tell us all things about buffalo their preparations and what to expect today from the afc east leaders right now on the bears pregame show presented by bet rivers on chicago sports radio 670 the score 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, some people have one or the other, the guys that can that can run and you go, well, they uh, they have a little trouble playing quarterback or guys that can throw when uh, they're statues and they don't run very well. He does both uh, very well and improvises and uh, can, uh, when you're all right, uh, he can make you wrong. So those are times when you just got to get line back up, get the ball carry on the ground, so to speak, and, and move on to the, the next place, the cycle of the snap. Welcome back to the Bears pregame show here on The Score, presented by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. David Haw, Patrick Manley, Anthony Heron, until kickoff at noon, talking Bears and Bills. And it's a pleasure to go out to our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. And that is where we find former Bills All Pro from WGR in Buffalo, Steve Tasker. Steve, Welcome to Chicago, Burr. It's going to be a cold one. How are you doing today? Doing great. Um, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, not ideal weather, I guess, in any place. Not here in Buffalo, I know that. Not in Chicago either. It's, uh, yeah, ah, well, let's go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You've played in many of those before, Steve. Hey, Patrick Manley here, former special teamer as well. Before we break down this game, I need to ask you about the Hall of Fame. You're, I guess you are now up for the senior committee but then I want to tie in Devin Hester as well. Devin Hester's up for the Hall of Fame this year. And if he gets in, and do you believe he should get in this year, what does it do for you and then other special teamers in the future to people understand well, how if, important it is? Well, I appreciate it. But I don't know if, if Devin's going to help my case at all. I like to think maybe in the past maybe I helped Devin uh, mm-hmm. by getting the conversation started maybe. Uh, no question, Devin Hester is a, is a one-of-a-kind athlete who did things that you know nobody's done. Um, that says a lot. It's hard to do that in the NFL. you got a bunch of elite athletes, and if you stand out in that certain way, particularly in a way that's a difference-making uh, kick returner like Devin was, yeah, I think you not you got to have a serious conversation about it. It's a very difficult thing to get in there. And I, I think for me, and I appreciate the, the words, but, you know, for me, perhaps my ship has sailed. You know, I'm, I went through 25 years of eligibility or 20 years of eligibility as a, as a modern player, and uh, I made the semifinals like nine times but I never got to be a finalist Devin got a final got to be a finalist on his first shot at it and uh I think to me that means that sooner or later he will be inducted and good for him I'm I'm so happy for him yeah I mean a lot of Chicago Bears fans really anticipating that at some point as well Steve and I wonder with the the conditions today because we saw the Bears play the Eagles last week on a very windy day you know chilly not not terribly cold certainly not like today where Rio Field is going to be well below zero talk us through the Bills specialists a little bit you know because it's been a bit of a question of the Bears uh, place kicker right now and how confident is Cairo Santos but give us a bit of a scouting report on what Buffalo brings to the table yeah um Tyler Bass has been money uh he's been really good he's in a, he's a young player um, they trust him implicitly, and he's got a big leg. Um, they're specialists with Reed Ferguson, long snapper, and Sam Martin, who they picked up, who was with Denver last year and play, had a very good season with Denver last year. And and just unfortunately for Sam, 
uh, and it's a, it's a philosophical difference between Sam and Denver. Denver didn't want to pay any punter that much, no matter if he set club records or was top five in the league and hit every punt you could hit for the Denver Broncos last year. They didn't want to give him a pay raise. He was a hit the free agent market. The Bills picked him up. Um, he has punted really well, although he's punted more in his bad weather games. I think he punted more in the Jet game uh, than he did in the first month of the season. Uh, this Bills offense was clicking on all cylinders. Uh, but Sam Martin, the holder, Tyler Bat, their money. Uh, the, for Bills fans, and I know those guys will be concerned about it, no question, but for Bills fans and the coaching staff, they have no qualms about going into any stadium. If you can kick it, they trust their guy to hit it through. Talking with former Bills All-Pro special teamer Steve Tasker from WGR in Buffalo here on the Bears pregame show on 6-7 score, David Hall, Patrick Manley, Anthony Heron. Steve, so you look at the Bills, and they can clinch the division today with a victory, and they're sitting there at 11-3. and I wonder, though, because of how high the expectations were coming into the season, they were everybody's trendy Super Bowl pick. Has this been a season where they have met those expectations? And there have been some rough spots, it seems, early along the way, but they have weathered that, uh, pardon the pun. Where are they in terms of meeting expectations in the eyes of the Bills Mafia? Well, it's good. it's interesting because they always feel like they're, they're going to play like they did at the end of last season when they were flying high. They, you know, they started out this season right where they left off. Um, then, you know, Josh, uh, Josh Allen got his elbow nicked, uh, I think, in the Jet game. Uh, they, they dropped two games in a row, but uh, by three to the Jets and then by three to the Vikings in a game where they absolutely, you know, gift-wrapped the game and handed it to Minnesota. Um Minnesota had no business winning that game, but they did. And the Bills got two losses in a row. They're 16-4 and four over their last 20 games. The four losses are a six-point loss to the Chiefs in overtime in the playoffs last season and three other losses by a total of eight points. The, don't make, make no mistake, the Bills are a really tough team to beat. Uh, having said that, Every so often, you can go back over the course of Sean McDermott's time in Buffalo, they, they drop a game they got no business dropping. The Minnesota game is a perfect example. The first Miami game of this season, the Bills just ran out of clock. They were falling all over. They were hurt, injured. They had guys going down to heat exhaustion in Miami, and they couldn't get the ball snapped with one second on the clock to get the final field goal, which was going to be made anyway. So they lost that game. Um, the Hale Murray from three or four years ago. They dropped a 16-point lead in the second half of the playoff game against Houston over Sean McDermott's career. Um, the 13-second game in the playoffs. Yeah, over the course of Sean McDermott's career, they've dropped some games. They dropped, lost 9-6 to six to the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. They drop games. When they do, you really feel like, man, they did it to themselves. But they do it. Um, they do it. And – that's what keeps Bills fans on the edge of their seat. Uh, the Minnesota game was a perfect example this year. Um, if they could execute a quarterback sneak for no gain, they win the game against Minnesota. Not only did they not execute it, they fumbled it and gave them a touchdown. Uh, that can, you know, they're tough out. So, so but, Steve, you sound like you're giving yeah. the Bears a chance. listen i do i I absolutely do think the bears have a chance in this um justin fields the the bears look to me like the buffalo bills did in 2018 in josh allen's rookie season uh it was josh and a bunch of guys 
and he willed that team to victory. He's the guy that gave them a chance to win. Now, they went 6-10 and 10 that year. Uh, but by the end of the year, they knew that if they were going to win, it started with that guy, and they were going to build it around him, whatever it took. And I think – I don't know that the Bears will try and do it exactly like the Bills did the same way, but there's no question, however – Justin Fields needs that team built around him. I think it's going to be the Bears' job to get it done. The defense that Justin Fields will be facing today looks like it's a bit banged up for Buffalo. Where are they at in their front seven defensively? Well, they, Jordan Phillips is struggling to get back healthy. Um, they lost Vaughn Miller a couple of weeks ago. and let's make, Vaughn was a Hall of Fame difference maker, and not just on the field, but man, oh man, he, he was a real – force for the young players, the A.J. Epinesa, uh, Greg Rousseau, Boogie um, even Shaq Lawson, who's a veteran player, they were really, really soaking up what Vaughn had offered them and their technique and their mindset and everything. Vaughn really made a difference for this defense in the early going for the young players at defensive end. But they lost him, uh, and now they're they're reaping some benefits. They have actually stepped up and used it as a motivating uh, Tool, a tool of motivation to get them, get their mind right and make them all better. And I think Vaughn has a little bit to do with that, even in his absence. So they're playing pretty well on the outside. Defensive tackle, uh, Ed Oliver is an explosive three technique. He's a fast, he's a little bit undersized, but he's a penetrator and a get after it guy, high round draft pick. Who, if when his motor is running, he can take over a game, uh, but he's been inconsistent. Jordan Phillips, he's really hurting with a sh- – I think he's really hurting with a shoulder. We'll see if he goes today. Tim Settle has been very good, and so have so has Daquan Jones. Um, the front four has been much better this year, and it has led to the fact that Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds have had their best years as pros. They are absolutely monsters at linebacker. Um, having said all of that, it's maddening to watch them try and defend the run sometimes. Um, they go, they never, ever, I mean, I would be shocked even if the bears, given the way their team is built can pry the bills out of their nickel defense. They do not play anything else. And so what teams do is Taron Johnson, who is as good a nickel defender, defender, defensive back as there is in the league teams. ISO him with a big lineman, get a big lineman on him and try and push right at him. They run right at him. Um, and it's maddening sometimes for Bills fans to watch teams be able to make hay like that uh, in the run game. But the Bills are unfazed by it uh, because their defense knows that sooner or later their offense is going to score a couple of touchdowns and you're going to have to throw it. So they, I, I, I'm really interested to see if the Bills go heavy and go three linebackers instead of two and dare Justin Fields to throw it to beat them. Um, they have never done that, but this seems like with the depleted receiver core of the Bears and the way the Bears are built and they run the ball, that you just kind of try and take that away and see if they can beat you the other way. I don't know if the Bills will do it, though. Ed Oliver is up today. He is going to be active in case people were wondering about that. So you wonder if his motor will be running in this uh, frigid, uh, cold temperatures at Soldier Field. Steve, before we let you go, when you look at that defense and some of the questions you raise are good ones, Leslie Frazier will be the one making those decisions. He's a name a lot of people still are friends with Leslie Frazier in Chicago, have fond memories of him as a player, and certainly we know what he's capable of doing as a coach. Do you expect Leslie Frazier to get the usual attention that he seems to have gotten the last couple off seasons 
and, and when head coaching uh, positions become open. Yeah, I do. He's a uh, people in Chicago know him. He's as quality of in, an individual as you can get. He oozes integrity. His players love him to death. Buffalo loves him. He has been an absolute pillar of why this team has been so good. They've had a top five defense over the past uh, three or four years. And, and two years ago, they were number one overall, or maybe last year they were number one overall. Um, he runs a tight ship and his players and his coaching staff, they love him. Um, so yeah, he, he deserves to be on the short list of guys who get considered. Um, and, uh, you know, I know why Chicago, you know, bears have Chicago fans and the team have, regard for him he is an outstanding coach he's been an outstanding defensive coordinator for the bills and um it's fun watching him work because you can see as the wears on the tangible adjustments his guy he and his guys make as his game where it gets deeper and deeper into it you'll see today i imagine if if it holds the script the bears will have some offensive success coming out of the gate and you'll watch leslie frazier and his staff adjust uh, to see if they can get a lid on it, and usually they have a pretty good do a pretty good job of doing it. But I think early in the early going uh, is when teams will make some hay against the the Bills, um, and then watch Leslie Frazier work. It's it's pretty cool to see, um, and uh, it happens more often than not in all of these games. It's the script that the defense follows. Steve, I've got one quick question before we let you go. I know we were gonna we're running up against the clock, but. I played with Rusty Jones as well. I just wanted to know, did you guys have chicken broth on your sideline in cold games like we did? No, we were t- – no, you're old. You're younger than me. Back in the day, you didn't do that, you know. But they, that's, that's a new technology, the old chicken broth. Uh, we didn't have that. In fact, in the games you're talking about, I played in the coldest game in Bill's history in Buffalo, and the stinking Gatorade was freezing in the cup. You couldn't even <laughs> pour it out. So, yeah, listen, Rusty Jones loved the guy. We used to call him, he wasn't even a coach. He was a scientist, and we were his guinea pigs, unfortunately. But we loved him, absolutely still love him. And uh, you're right. Uh, he was ahead of his time, but I'm so old, we didn't have that technology. Uh, so <laughs> we didn't. We never got the the benefit of chicken broth. Well, chicken broth technology. <laughs> well, Steve, however you need to, uh, whatever you need to do today, stay warm and appreciate your time and, and enjoy the game with the with the Bills and the Bears today. Dave, I had a, guys, I had a blast coming on with you anytime. Take care. Steve Tasker, the former Bills All-Pro, now works for WGR. Should be a future Hall of Famer. Sports yeah. Ra- yeah, nice <laughs> question there, Pat. Got that right. right off the get-go. You specialists like to stick together. We do. You may have an outside shot, but I do like what he said about Devin Hester. I do like what he had to say about the Bears and, and possibly having uh, a little bit of a chance today for a competitive game. That could be kind of fun to watch if you're going to be – if you're going to play in these conditions, you might as well play to win the game, right? Yeah, I don't want to – not to derail things. But I mean, you know, it, the special teamers in the Hall of Fame, if there is some version of that that gets going, then we may have a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer on the show with us here too. I remember talking to Andre Reid before he eventually, uh, you know, was able to get into the Hall. And it's just, it's such a big deal to guys who, who've put that level of career together. But it's so difficult to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame because they put so few guys in – on an annual basis, but it means a lot. So, yeah, I'm glad Patrick got that question in. Yeah, I'm glad Patrick Manley got the question in. Anthony Heron, David Haw here on the Bears pregame show. We've got an hour to go. It's, if you're on your way to the game, drive safely, bundle up, and get ready for some entertainment on the lakefront at Soldier Field. We will be here until kickoff. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 